Hey everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network, here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content, with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from, and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume 1. You can read all of these for free at spinwizcomics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness, to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today. Direct from the beautiful Inland Blue Studios, honey. This is the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast with your hosts, that fine ass Chris Thayer, that beautiful Steve Hill, and that big hunk of chunk of meat, Ron Mills. Woo, mama's hot up in here. Let's get this party started. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast. Here with your host today, Chris Thayer. And I'm Ron Miltz. It's just the two of us uh, still in quarantine, right? Yep, yep. And by the way, let's let's talk real quick. If I have to see a, another commercial about in, in these times, in these trying times, oh my in God. these times, I'm like, come on, people. Like, we get it. Like, we're all in this shit together. You don't have to, like, be like, every you commercial. Know, we hear it. Yeah, we here at Cracker Barrel really care about you. <laughs> you know what pisses me off? I mean, that's getting to me, but it's when I see commercials for Lysol and Clorox, I feel like screaming at the TV like, hey, fuck you, man. Where the hell is your product? Why can't I <laughs> like find I can't your find shit? You. Don't fucking put your shit on the right? TV and then not have it in the stores. Fuck you. You know, oh, it makes me so mad. I literally went on Facebook looking for the Lysol Facebook page, and of course, you can't communicate with them at all. They've cut out the no, messages. No, not even a little. They, they, you can't post. They're just, it's a billboard, basically. I was so pissed. I tried to go to their website. There's no way to communicate. Like, they know. Like, if they ever had a way to communicate, they shut that shit down, because I know I'm not the first asshole to do it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they want you to want it. It's like uh, it's like Lysol it. and Baby Whites have become the hot girl in the back of the room, you know? Jesus. You're like, damn it, I want that. <laughs> but you know what? Nobody's going to need it anymore. No. The whole thing has changed. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can use a rag. I can use a paper towel. And I've got this spray stuff that I can use in place. Okay. Well, Fuck it, I guess I don't need Lysol wipes anymore, you know? <laughs> I, I think it's a, I mean, how, how did they fail so badly? I don't know, man. They, they, they just need to stop with their commercials because it pisses me off. Every commercial, it's like, the people at Honda want you to know in these trying times. <laughs> I will say this. I'll give Verizon uh, a whole lot of credit because they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to give you like three gig extra, 
you know, data on your phone this month. Well, yeah, because they're like, we all know you, you, you people are not going anywhere. But, but, but that's the thing. It's like we're not going anywhere, so I don't need your three gigs of extra data because I'm on my Wi-Fi all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You're literally, literally giving me something I don't need right now. Yeah. So where were you six months ago when I needed that shit and had to buy it? <laughs> exactly. <Jeez>. Exactly. Fucking <laughs> Uh Chris, how's the uh, the nightly uh, music playing going? Um, I haven't done the live stream in about a week now. I kind of took a week off. Um, I, I felt like my numbers were slipping and, you know, I, I mean, I got a, a, a handful of people that were coming in each night, but it just started to feel like it wasn't special. So I kind of took a week off and, you know, let people miss it a little bit, maybe. So. Oh, all right. All right. Well. I mean, at a certain point, I think everything is slipping numbers wise, right, uh, right. except for like, except for like movie watching and, uh, and boy, oh boy, let me tell you, <laughs> have we all been watching a lot of movies, right? Yeah. I think we finished Netflix. Did you get to the end screen when it's like you have rescued the yeah. princess? Yeah, it was. It, it, <laughs> yeah. For us, it's been, um, uh, you know, we've been catching up on movies, uh, watching stuff that, that the boy hasn't seen. And then, um, he had a birthday. So we, uh, right. So they did a drive-by birthday party for him. Yeah, you know, as best you can. You're trying to make it memorable for the poor kid. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, my kid's such such a shut-in anyway. She didn't miss it. No. So he had school on Wednesday with his uh, iPad. Yeah. Uh, and he's, all his schoolwork is online. So he was doing it all online, and he ran the battery down mm-hmm. on this thing. So he gets on, goes to class. He's in class for, you know, it's like 45 minutes or an hour. So they're supposed to sing him happy birthday in the last like five minutes of class and the battery oh, dies no. right before he gets to the <laughs> tears, dude, tears streaming down this child's face. Why didn't you just plug it in? Because like, it, it, the iPad just doesn't charge fast enough. So we kept trying to plug it in and you plug it in and it get to like 3% and then it would die oh. again, you know, and it, it just like, he's like, they're supposed to sing to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks, man. Didn't even get the social distancing song. That sucks. Wow. The, the, the happy ending of the story is they, uh, they actually had them all get together today, two days or a day later, um, and they did a happy birthday thing oh, okay. for him, special. So they did like a 20-minute meeting just so they could do Ronald Andrews' birthday. That's cool. So we've been wa- we watched Star Wars this week, like all of them. I, I shouldn't say all of them because we watched episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and episode six. So he he hasn't let we haven't watched any of the new ones or Empire, which I think is weird. But those are the ones he wanted to watch. So there you doesn't go. Doesn't want Empire, huh? Uh, you know what? We listened to the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack. That's like his favorite one. He's been like rocking that on the records, you know. Um, but. Yeah, my my son's an eight year old hipster, so I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> so. it, it is a dark film. It's definitely not as fun. I don't think he dislikes it. I just think he he really likes the uh, uh, the prequels. Like he likes the prequels a lot. Um, that makes sense. And then he really he really enjoys Return of the Jedi. I mean, we watched a shit ton of Return of the Jedi for the yeah. last year. Um, and then the new ones, like we've seen them all recently, so they're not right. you know like you know. It's not like he's dying to watch those again anytime soon. Right. Um, but I'm sure once we throw on Force Awakens and all, he'll be like, yeah, let's watch that again. So because that's the way he is, you know, I, you um, know, the new ones were very uh, rewatchable for me. Like sure. They, they don't get old the way that the prequels do for me. Oh, dude, the prequels never get old. They're fantastic. Right. So a little slice okay. of heaven. 
Okay. <laughs> I, all all I, I know is I just I'm kind of bummed that nobody nobody else on the show is watching um, uh, Clone Wars except for me right now because Steve's not the on, seventh huh? season of the Clone Wars has been freaking amazing. Like such good stuff. I mean, there was like some filler episodes in the middle, but like the last couple episodes. Like Ahsoka meeting up with uh, Darth Maul was like amazing. Um, it's just like they're starting to dovetail into episode three. Like, oh, nice. and it, it's like we're in, yeah, so we're into the finale stuff right now. And you see, like, basically, like why we're Anakin and Obi Wan late to the uh, the party, hmm. uh, as far as at the beginning of episode three, and uh, uh, you know, like how that all came to be, and right. the fact that like. Darth Maul basically uh, set a trap on Mandalore uh, for uh, Obi-Wan and uh, uh, Anakin because he was going to try and kill them both. Uh, and then he tried to convince Ahsoka to kill Anakin and like because he basically is like, hey, I know the plot, you know, of the, the Order 66 plot and, and this is what's going to happen. And then she doesn't believe him. It's like it's been it's been amazing. Like, huh. I'm just like, oh, my God, this this show is way better than it has any right to be. So. I've I've maybe watched one episode of the entire series. Yeah, man. I, I as I've always said, if you can just jump into like season two and a half and just right. start from there. Right. Um, I mean, I could even give you a list of episodes to just be like, you could just avoid these. Um, but season three, like once you hit season three, it hits the ground running and like it's you know, it's twenty minutes episodes. Right. So it's like watching a sick sitcom length episode. Um, but there the storylines are you just are like, fuck, dude, this is so good, you know, and, and all your hatred for uh, Anakin, I think, would devolve and go away because you would uh, understand the greatness of why, no. why the prequels are so well loved. No, right? no, never. <laughs> There's no way. Um, I'm waiting for the reboot on the prequels. Not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think that is one of those things that Star Wars is definitely safe from reboots especially since he went back and um you know beefed up the original three i think uh the technology is pretty good and it holds up pretty well yeah i i just think it's like one of those situations where i don't think we need that you know what i mean well no we so. don't need any of these reboots but i think it's fairly safe look i mean not all reboots are bad i, I think that Name i, I think for example well, I think the show we're going to talk about is a great example of a reboot uh, uh, or a remake of something that's gone beyond the original source material. Okay, okay. I, I mean, look, not every not every reboot or remake is terrible. You know, like you look at um, Jumanji. Look at Battlestar Galactica. Nah, yeah. I mean Jumanji was a sequel. You know, it's a sequel be reboot. You know, Kinda. but look at the uh, 2004 Battlestar Galactica. Like yes. that show. Uh, the original show is like an obvious Star Wars ripoff. Yes, uh, from the uh, late seventies, early eighties. It's it's really fun, but it's not really rewatchable. No. You know, no, like no. if you sh show it to somebody now, it's like this is not good. And then that that series came along, and you were like, "Fuck, dude, I, I'll I'll watch me some Battlestar Galactica. I'm in on that." You know, so now I I never got on that. Um, how how were the Cylons? Did they look at all like the original series? I. I I, first off, I can't believe you never watched it, but the design was similar. Yeah. Um, it, it, um, oh, I, I mean, I can't even talk about it without spoiling it, which is the hard part. Like, no, that's one, like, you should 
really just throw on the first season and jump into it. It's only four seasons. It's uh but it's amazing. Like, how did you not get on that, dude? I think it was just at a time in my life, I missed a lot of really cool, essential nerd stuff. Uh, Chris, it sounds like we got a call coming in right now. Oh, here we go. Who's that on the line? I can't believe, after all this time, they finally do some gender-swapping roles with Battlestar Galactica. This was years ago, and where was Chris? Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> where we were walking. <laughs> what the hell does gender-swapping okay. have to do with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got fucking, all of a sudden now Starbuck is some fucking hot blonde running around, smoking a cigar. You know, we got this killer Cylon that's wearing a hot red dress. And where's Chris? Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I missed it, man. Pretty amazing show, you know. I was going to say, could you believe, Steve, that he never watched uh, Battlestar Galactica on the remake? I can't believe it. He's a teacher, and it's got the great, uh, what was his name, Edward James Olmos on it? Oh, two plus two is a negative. Remember that? <laughs> a negative ne- was yeah, a negative is a positive. Yeah, primo Cylons nine times nine, eh? Eighty one. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember the full line. What's, what's got uh, coolest? But it was a pretty great show, you know. So how has the apocalypse been treating you there, Steve? How's the, the uh, what do you call it? The apocalypse? This thing. Hey, you know what, man? I got I to gotta be real honest. I am, uh, I'm considered an expendable, I mean, an essential worker. So, man, I'm going to work every fucking day. It's kind of a routine for me. Everything I love is closed. But, you know, I've been asking people my whole life to stay like six fucking feet away from me. <laughs> you know, I mean, can I make myself any more intimidating to keep people the fuck away from? So, I mean, this kind of enhances it. Now I can wear a mask and I wear my sunglasses anyways. And when I walk into the fucking store, like people just get the fuck away from me. I don't take the glasses off. Got to keep those on. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, you know, I mean, it's like one of those things where, you know, we're, I, I am a non-essential person. So it, it's, it's, uh, um, what I imagine the Count of Monte Cristo was like, you know? So <laughs> I sit in a room all day counting the fucking bricks in the wall, uh, waiting, you know, waiting for, uh, for the guy to come and eventually kill me, you know? So it's good. It's good times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's the pool, you know, yeah. just spending time in the pool. Ooh, very nice. I think it, you know, I was a little preemptive. I, okay, I'm going to take that back. Rewind. My wife was a little preemptive. We got our taxes done very early in the year. And my whole backyard is just concrete. And we ended up getting the boys uh, in another above-ground pool with our tax money. Right. Um, you know, just kind of the fucking, the big lot special. No advertisement plug there for us, unfortunately. <laughs> but... Uh, we've got this fucking pool back here, so I've been fucking working out, man. I just jump in there and even take a little float, you know, and I'm wearing, like, a leopard fucking G-string, you know, <laughs> sucking down a Budweiser. It's fucking comfortable. <laughs> so, but now you can't get these things. So I was like, oh, you should fucking empty this thing and resell it, make a fortune. Yeah. Is it, like... Is it like black market contraband right now? Oh, I did have to give uh, Ron, one of your buddies, uh, a little bit of a tip where he got get some uh, 
some diced garlic. That's the fucking cure-all, apparently, right now. Diced garlic. Can't mm. find it anywhere. And, uh, you know, I've got my ear to the ground on the black market on just about everything. And guess what? I found two jars of black market fucking garlic for them. <laughs> now, the store I was in was full of everything from, like, zinc and, and uh, vitamin C and all of your, your basic fucking vitamins. Nobody's still fucking taking <clears throat> But garlic, <laughs> garlic is the fucking cure. Apparently, wait, I missed yeah, something. Are, are there vampires now? Like, what, <laughs> what, what is going on? I'm telling you, man. I've seen it a couple times online. People go, man, I can't. And I, I went to a. a <clears throat> sorry, no corona there. Just clearing my throat. Oh. Um, went to a couple of different grocery stores, and sure, man, not a jar of diced garlic anywhere. So. You know, wow. and you can't find any Vicks either. So putting that on your feet, apparently that might work as well. I'm just curious what you think. This Tuesday, it's going to be Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday on the same day. And I think this was all just a giant conspiracy to uh, to shut that down. Like, that's what I think all this coronavirus has been about. Fucking Trump. <laughs> Kiss my fucking ass. <laughs> this year, man, Halloween. Halloween's on like, what, a fucking Friday night? Hmm. That's not going to yeah. happen. No, they're going to shut that down. This was supposed to be the glorious year of ever. 2020, all these fucking great events. Cinco de Mayo, Taco Tuesday, destroyed, taken away. Pulled right out from underneath the fucking our feet. Disgusting. Disgusting. Uh, and we've got no Comic-Cons. I, it's just, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough three months. I know that for certain. So... Or is just gonna be taking big fucking spoonfuls of garlic? <laughs> <laughs> With, so disappointing. And, and so lots disappointing. of extra toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about well, okay, you guys, you know, since I'm essential, expendable, essential, I try to make sure that I crap at work. I was like, if I gotta fucking be here, I'm using your fucking toilet paper. Right. I'm, I do it on purpose. I will. I will fucking hold it just to get to work. Say, okay, I'm crapping at work. I, I was going to tell you, didn't you? Didn't you get the memo? That's going to be your uh, your bonus this year from <laughs> from the cable company. They, they they walk by. They give us some masks, some gloves, and like a bag of fucking fruit roll ups. And let me tell you, I was like, hey man, I have your bag of fucking fruit roll ups. <laughs> <laughs> so if you. Speaking of toilet paper, have you seen the uh, people getting their Amazon orders of the uh, of like the twelve dollar toilet paper that looks like somebody re rolled toilet paper on top of a used no uh, <laughs> a used tube? Have you seen any of these pictures? Dude, you could still see the fucking wood chips in that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's they just they just glued a bunch of fucking hamster shavings together and sold that as toilet paper. Wow, and it's in that big industrial roll. Like and you get one sheet at a time. You like put it on, and it's it's so big and so heavy. You just like pull one sheet and wipe your ass and fucking. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got a delicate ass, and I need some angel first on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any any update on uh, new things found on the black market uh, this week? Well, just just the garlic. Uh, I'm still searching for some more weights. These people, uh, I, I can't. I just can't bring myself to do it. 
listen, that's my tiger money, and I'm getting the goddamn, you know, I'm going to get another tiger. Before <laughs> I know it, I'm going to have 250 fucking tigers, and and then just we're just going to milk, we're going to milk those tigers, protein shakes. I'm going to have a whole fucking market set up. So that's my underground, what I'm working on right now, bottom muscle, continuously working on my man-made monster stuff. Chris, thank you for your help. It oh, man, no problem. Greatly appreciated. Nice, man, nice. So is there a, a spot right now uh, uh, where if people that like the show and like you and they want man-made monster stuff that they can get that? Right now, just my Instagram account, uh, man-made monsters, it's all underscore and shit. You'll find me. You'll see my, my, my beautiful werewolf head. Um, but yeah, check me out on there. I am currently working on trying to put a website together, but you know, everything's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if you're going to come over, like you got to stand out in the front yard and I got to yell at you from across the yard, kind of a drag. Right, right. Yeah, it's a little rough. I've got the worst fucking, I've got the worst fucking laptop. I think like you could get at Costco apparently. <laughs> like fuck this thing, dude. I get bored done on my phone than this fucking laptop. So. Well, is it a Chromebook? But I'm working on it, and I hope everybody else out there takes time to look at those things you've always wanted to do and try to work on it. Trust me, it will help you mentally. Uh, I watch Dr. Phil. I no. know about these things. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dr. Phil. Right? Well, he is an expert in just about everything. Nice. Fucking doctor. You know, it's, you know, it's going to be great, Steve. I was just thinking, like, you're going to be uh, in in a couple weeks or a couple months from now. Once your website's up, you'll start doing like your regular webcast with your tigers, and you're yeah. going to be like, be like, listen here, up, listen up, motherfuckers. You know who killed their wife? Anakin fucking Skywalker. That's who. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was good catching up with you. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Yeah, sounds good, man. Look forward to it. All right, brother. Later, guys. All right. Well, that was a fun phone call. That was a blast. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Westworld. And I think when we, we last talked on the last episode, we had talked about the first three. Um, so how are you feeling about uh, season three so far, man? Dude, I feel like season three. I mean, we said this already. It's a completely different show. Um, but I think where we get uh, to like six and seven it's almost like it's it's back to being the original, you know, season, the first season, uh, just in the outside world. I mean, it's like all of the cool came back. I do miss the Western motif. Yeah. Like uh, there are parts of it, parts of it that I'm like, I do miss parts of that. Um, but at the same time, it had kind of like milked that for all it was worth yes. over two seasons. And I, it's like, well, if we're going to tell this larger story, let's tell it. And the nice thing is it's like still touching on a lot of the same themes about control yes. and like about uh, the value of life um, and like, you know, the like who controls your life and the choices you make. I, I just at a certain point, I. I'm dumbfounded at how good season three has been. Insane, right? Yeah. Season two for me was not the best. It was definitely the worst of the three seasons we've gotten so far. But yeah. season one was like an absolute home run. And yes. then this season has been, now that we're like at the finale, man, I hope they stick the landing because this has been a home run so far. Is it only eight episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, oh, but man. we're done after the next one. Damn it. So I'm ready for like another four weeks of this. 
<laughs> Seriously, I've nope, already been nope. back and rewatched all of the episodes at least once. I, I can't wait to get through the end of this season and go back and rewatch the entire season like in a row. Um, because, I mean, you are not going to see everything. And each episode, I watch it that night or I watch it the next morning and then I watch it the next day. Um, just because I know I'm missing stuff, you know. There's, right, there's right. so many layers to this show. Yeah, and I feel like the nice thing about it has been the um, the storytelling hasn't felt forced on this season. No. Like, there's very few things about the season that I'm like, wait a minute. Like, the only thing I think was, like, the technology in the real world, like, the fact that um, the people are marveling at the technology. I'm like, you live in this futuristic world. Like, drones should not be something that surprise you, you know? Uh, weaponized drones. I'm like, we have that shit now. Yeah, but that <laughs> drone know? was so, bending bullets, though, man. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, that was. I mean, I gotta admit, that. that was pretty freaking amazing. Like that moment, I'm like, oh shit. I mean, that's a that's a 50 cal with tracer bullets. So right. I, you know, I dig it. It's cool. You Dude, know? at that point, um, I'm like, oh yeah, this shit's getting real right here. Well, and it was, and it was nice because it was like the greatest hits of uh, of of. Of Westworld past yeah. sort of showed up the last three episodes, you know, as far as like, you're all, oh shit, everybody's back. This is amazing, you know? Even so. the even the Confederate dude who uh, led the Confederate soldiers in the barn or wherever they were. No, that was his father-in-law. No, no, no. The young captain, I can remember his rank. Um, he was the one who led him in to the room. You'll have to go back and watch. That's oh. what I'm saying. There is so much shit in this show. I must have missed that, dude. I must have missed that completely. Oh, yeah, no. It was completely subtle. And how great was Ed Harris, um, five Ed Harris's in the room at different points in his life, all kind of hashing out the shit, you know, that he's gone through. That was a pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing episode. I, I think my only, my only, and it, you know what? It was nice to see, like, Clementine showed back up yes. again. Yes. Um, you know, uh, uh, Hector, you know, showed back up again. Uh, oh, so yeah, it was like, dude. you're like, oh, shit. You're like, every, everybody's back, right? Um, Except- like my only, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, the only the only person who hasn't comes back is Teddy yet. Yeah. So we haven't seen him. But man, it sure is like a DC comic or something or a Marvel comic because the way they've set it up, like ain't nobody die. Like none of the robots are dead. The only one that hasn't come back is fucking Teddy. But it's like you see Dolores shut down with the EMP and it's like, oh, yeah, well, she got about 15 other copies. So it's all good. Like uh, James, James, James Marsden couldn't come back. He was too busy making that Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, dirty. What a misstep <laughs> is that? That's not true. No. You're fake. You're full of shit. There's no way he gave. <laughs> they killed him off. He had to go somewhere like. No way. First off, did you see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Come on, dude. It is delightful. There's no way he left Westworld to go do Sonic the Hedgehog voiceover work. <laughs> no, it wasn't even voiceover. He's like, he's the live action guy in the movie, like oh, him I, and Jim Carrey. Oh, I thought he was the, who's the hedgehog then? Ben Schwartz was Sonic. That so. makes sense. Yeah, man. I There's no, there's no way. That's just crazy. If that's the case, if I ever meet James Mars and I'm kicking him in the nuts, because that was a stupid mistake if that's why he left that show. Like, that's as bad as Lauren Cohan. Um, 
you know, the fight sequences have been pretty amazing. The futuristic yeah. stuff. Like, if you're a Blade Runner fan, like, oh, this yeah. is right up your alley, you know? Um, and this plot, the way it's unfolding, like, it's pretty amazing. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised by this. Let's and see how all this all rolls out, you know? The parallels to season one are blowing my mind. Because you get out in the real world and you think, okay, we're going to see what the real world's like. And it's like, oh, shit. The real world ain't that far off from Westworld, you know? I just, I think that there's another twist to come and we just yeah. haven't seen it yet, you yeah. know? I, you know, I hope it's not like, hey, they're not in the real world. They're in the Matrix, you know, kind of thing. Like they were with, uh, with what's her name? Uh, Maeve. I, I would feel like that's a cop out. I hope they don't go that route. Yeah, man, I don't think we're going to get that, but I, I think we will get... I mean, who knows with the show at this point? Like, right. I, you can't like the first season I was getting themes and like I was able to sort of go along and I, there was like, oh, I could predict what's happening. You know, it's like very, very M. Night Shyamalan right. felt like you're like, it's a twist, you know, yes. um, the twist upon twists were the beauty of it, you know. And then this third season, it's been really character driven. I mean, you got a really nice uh, sort of twist of uh, but it was all character twists as opposed right. to plot twists, you know, um, and that I think has. Yeah, and I think that's been the nice change of pace, you know. Um, but if you're not on season, like, and we've done like weirdly a spoiler-free discussion of <laughs> Westworld, like, because you're yeah. like, I, it's like that, it's that show where you're like, I, I want you to watch it, man, and I want to talk about it, and I want to get deep into it, but shit, I don't want to ruin it, you know. So yeah, man, I, I there's a lot of shows where it's like, yeah, I don't care if we spoil it, but this show, I mean, I find almost every week somebody new has binged it because of the shutdowns and yeah and yeah. like how did i miss this it is so damn good like i can't think of any yeah. show that i like more than this at this point like i've been waiting for this season well, I'm like on the edge of my seat since the last season well i think the thing is you're looking at like HBO, a lot of their stuff has sort of fallen by the wayside because, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's completed. Done. So now you're like, where's the appointment viewing, you know? And right. without new stuff to watch, uh, you know, until they start filming again. Um, and who knows when that's going to be. Exactly. Um, but, you know, hold on. It sounds like uh, it sounds like we're getting a call right now. Yeah, let me get this. Hello. Hello. Hey, this is Mike. What's up, guys? Hey. hey. Oh, hey, what's up? Mike Jones on the phone. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm doing good. Just trying to survive like everybody. How is the Disneyland parking lot? I figure that's where you guys are camped out, waiting. Pretty much, right? right? Pretty much. <laughs> so, what have you uh, what have you been doing with yourself during your pandemic home time? I've uh, been doing a lot of research and homework. Uh, well, you gave me the uh, preview of issue eight for Grace. And so I read that, and of course, as soon as I got through it, I had to go back and read the first seven and and then read eight. The bitter irony is Chris has not gotten his copy of eight yet because we yeah, haven't I'm seen each other. What's he going to say? What the hell? <laughs> Why have I not seen this? <laughs> it's good. It's really good. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't you draw it? Like, you should know. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> you know, it's not the same until you see it printed, you know, professionally. That is not a lie. Not a lie. So tell me what else. What else do you been up to, Mike? Uh, well, dude, uh, uh, something I'm really excited about. Did you guys hear that Disney, Disney Plus is going to start uh, filming a Cassian Andor series? What? 
Yes, from Rogue One. It's uh, uh, Diego Luna is coming back to reprise his role. The series is going to take place five years before Rogue One because, well, I mean, he got blew up, so spoiler. <laughs> so it's going to be his story of how he got into the rebellion. Alan Tudyk is coming back. Gabrielle something, the one who played Mon Mothma, is coming back to reprise her role as well. Really? I love that character. Well, it's Cassie Andor was my favorite character from that movie because he shows that the good guys still have to get their hands dirty. There are still right. evil things that need to be done, even though you are the good guy. Well, yeah, that was pretty cold-blooded when he, he uh, kills the guy going up the ladder or whatever was going on there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. So going into the dark side of the rebellion, I, so is this, I'm super excited. Is this confirmed? Yes, yes, it was announced by Disney that uh, Disney Plus they're planning on starting filming. They're hoping sometime this year. Uh, the release date is yet to be announced, but well, people are speculating 2021 fall of 2021. I would imagine. What I think is the most interesting thing about it is they, it's going to be the first Star Wars movie done exclusively through Zoom. So I think that's going to be really interesting, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, they've got the technology. Why not? <laughs> it'll, it'll look like the opening to the Brady Bunch. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be on the big glass screens that they have. I don't know how the Rebellion keeps finding these glass screens wherever they go. Well, but, they they obviously have a glass maker on hand. That that's that. all he does is blow glass for the rebellion. You know, right, right. And you got to be really lonely to blow glass. <laughs> <laughs> Ass. <laughs> uh, I mean, or not. I mean, either way, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to judge anybody. So, all right. So, cool. So, the Cassian, Cassian Andor, uh, did they say when they expect to release it on Disney Plus? Uh, Disney hasn't said anything official, but it's people are speculating all the 21. Well, that would be amazing. I mean, um, although I don't know that we need a whole bunch more Rebellion era stuff at this point, um, I would like to. I mean, to we see do have a lot series. of movies of that. Yeah, I'd like to kind of see some post Return of the Jedi stuff come out more so, like yeah. what we're doing with The Mandalorian, you know? So yes, I think that period is is just ripe for um, really cool storytelling because the whole universe is in chaos, you know. Right. And it's kind of like right. it's kind of like you've redo, re, 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 you know pulled the dictator out of the picture. Now how does everybody grasp for for position? You know, exactly. I think that would be exactly the the brilliant move to go in that direction. I just don't know if they will. What have you been up to as far as your movie watching goes? Bad movies. Been watching a lot of bad movies. Uh, I got one that I definitely think... Like Chris the prequels? <laughs> no, this is one that's definitely up Chris's alley, though. Uh, I guess it was a straight-to-Netflix release in November. It's called Six Underground. That movie was great! <laughs> no, it was really good, dude. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, yes. Dude, that movie was awesome! <laughs> it's written it's by michael bay and it's, it's oh yeah it, the whole time uh my wife and i are watching it she's going i think we saw this and it was called oceans 11 and then at the end of the movie they actually acknowledged that and at the end they were like next time let's just hold up a casino 
Right, right. I mean, I get that. The The thing I love about that movie is that it's a Michael Bay movie, but it's more like Michael Bay doing a parody of a Michael Bay movie because it's so over the top Michael Bay explosions and stuff that it's like next level insanity. It is so freaking fun. I just love that the the team that they put together, the, the six people that they put together, it's the billionaire, which is Ryan Reynolds. And right. then there's the CIA spook. There's a doctor who, of uh, course, is a supermodel. Uh, right. There's the hitman guy, <laughs> and then and then there's the parkour guy. <laughs> he was dope. You gotta have a parkour guy. How are you gonna pull a heist without that? I wouldn't even want a parkour guy on my zombie apocalypse team, let alone my oh, heist. You don't team. need him for that. I mean, they're pulling a heist. You gotta have the parkour guy. Look at Ocean's Eleven. You gotta have it. Yes, because of all those times that you need to do parkour when you're robbing stuff. Very important, right? Hey, man, watch the movie. He comes in super handy several times. In fact, I should do. I should do a defense of that movie because it is so fun. <laughs> uh, that. No way, dude! It's it's absolute popcorn. Like, there's almost no sub. How can you go wrong with Ryan Reynolds? I mean, he plays himself, basically. And he's freaking great in it. Yeah, dude, highly recommend that movie. All right. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say at this point anymore. So, Dude, check out the movie. Then we can talk about it. All right. Well, I mean, Six Underground sounds like it could be a movie. Um, so <laughs> it's is definitely there, a movie. Is there, yeah. Is there anything else you've been up to, Mike? Anything fun? Any more... Uh, DoorDash issues or anything fun like that going on in your end of the apocalypse? No, but I, I have realized that everybody's saying, you know, go out to eat, cook at home, and you'll lose weight and be healthier. That's a load of shit. Mm-hmm. Because I am definitely gaining the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> That's it's like the, funny fre- shit, the freshman 15, but over a one month period, right? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, well, it's been good we'll catching up with you. you. Uh, stay All safe right, during the apocalypse, and, and we, we will, will talk, talk soon. Through. All right, late. Let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about. Um, oh, God, we're Avenue 5. Have you been watching Avenue 5? Avenue 5, I finished it, dude. I finished it in like. Less than 24 hours. I mean, it's it seems weird that we're like shilling for all HBO tonight, but um, but uh, this Avenue Five, this sort of like I, I hope I hope it gets a second season because oh, this first is. season, it's short and it feels like it kind of flew under the radar. But yeah. holy shit, was it funny, dude? I laughed my ass off watching this show. Way funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think because I'm the one that was like, you got to watch this, dude. It's really funny. So the premise is, is they're like on a cruise liner um, and it's a space cruise liner and they get knocked off course uh, in a, one of those like, you know, things that happens um, yeah. and, and they end up drifting out in space for uh, what now is going to be years and years upon end. Yeah. It's like three and a half years or something. Right. And part of the bit of the show is like, it keeps changing like over time, you know? So, um, but holy shit, dude. It's got like, uh, Hugh Laurie is freaking hilarious. I love Josh Gad as yeah. the, uh, uh, the trillionaire owner or billionaire owner of the space cruise lines. Um, 
and it's just it's like the whole show is filled with like all of these uh, uh, character actor comedy types yes. that you've seen in other stuff before, and and they're freaking hilarious, dude. Like the show is freaking hilarious. The the stand up comic is the uh, the guy from yesterday. Yeah, Himish Patel. Yeah, he's actually really funny. Ah, uh, dude, he's great. Um, uh, but uh, what's his face? Um, Zach Woods, who was on The Office, uh, and he was on Silicon Valley, is uh, uh, Jerry. Anyway, back to Avenue Five. Um, absolutely <laughs> like hilarious, hysterical, and just it, it in a way, it's kind of like watching um, Shameless in the sense that just when you think shit is going to go right, it always goes wrong, like every time. Yeah, I just, I mean, there are so many things about the show that I love. I, I love how it's, uh, um, it's, it's a bit um, bizarre, like the show. Yeah. Like these people live in the future, and it's like, uh, like the way the way the future is seems like totally unrealistic at times. But it's really funny, and I think that's the part I love about it. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, and and there. It's like it's not a setup knockdown sort of one liner situation. No. Um, it's really like character driven comedy, but holy shit, there are some really fun, irreverent moments in it. Um, it, it like uh, the uh, uh, the character uh, Matt, who is the Zach Woods character, he, he's sort of the public's relation person uh, on the ship, but he's a nihilist, which is like my favorite right. part. Yes. So, like e everything that's going on is like. Uh, uh, like the end of the world, no matter how he sets it up, but it's really freaking great, you know? And he's supposed to be the calming influence on the entire, you know, crew. And he just right, completely right. undoes it every single time. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and, and I love, um, I love the awkward moments of the show, like how, how all the characters seem, um, they just seem like, you know, they're like stereotypes or caricatures in a way. Yeah. Uh, but but they are freaking uh, pitch perfect in their moments, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like the absurd nature of every uh, sort of sci fi uh, space adventure ticking clock movie that you come across and how how brutally honest they are about these situations. Like they have a moment where they're obviously mocking uh, visual effects artists. Cause somebody obviously knows an obnoxious <laughs> visual effects artist. Yeah. And she keeps talking about like, she's like, Oh, I'm in VFX. That means visual effects. And like, because of that, she, th she's, she keeps painting herself as being an expert, you know, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then the fact of like the longer that the uh, the absurdity nature of life goes on, the more you see like society breaking down. And I'm like, oh, God, this is really hitting close to home right now. Oh, yeah. no. And, and it's just like they they nobody seems to know what the hell they're doing. And, I, you know, I'm going to spoil a little bit like everything snowballs from here. But they have three people who end up dying. And they send them out into space because you don't want to keep them on the ship. And because the ship is so big, they're in capsules and they're, they're basically orbiting the ship. So they have these three dead bodies in, <laughs> in clear caskets orbiting the ship <laughs> the entire time. And then, of course, the more stuff that goes out there, it continues to... So they just like are dragging all of this shit along with them <laughs> on their journey. And it just never goes away. It's like, oh, here comes the dead guy again. <laughs> yeah, and the ship is full of windows. So it's like, yes. 
Uh, like so, so they keep rotating around. The dead bodies are like rotating around the ship, and then the. Uh, but at one point, the the sewage blows, and so there's literally like a halo of shit around. And it just keeps rotating around spaceship. the ship. It just keeps following <laughs> them around, and it's like everything that goes wrong continues to compound that way. It is so funny. Um, yeah, no, it, it took me a couple episodes to really dig into it. But man, once once I got a couple episodes in, I was I was in love with this show. And the ship sort of breaks up into like the crew versus the uh, uh, the the passengers. Yes, and it's led by of all things uh, the exaggerated stereotype of the lady that needs to see the manager, Karen. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> like the ultimate Karen. Yeah, and she's like literally such a Karen the entire time. I'm like, what a, what a perfectly, like you named this shit like a year ago and you hit it just right. Like, yes. like timing could not be better. Right. Yes. Um, but like the, the twists and turns of the ship, like, uh, you find out and, and whatever spoilers abound. Uh, but you find out like the crew that everybody thinks is the crew. They're all actors yeah. because the actual crew is so unattractive that they don't <laughs> want the, the passengers <laughs> on this liner. <laughs> so they set up like a Star Trek crew in the bridge <laughs> of, of good looking people that are all actors that just press buttons for no apparent it, reason. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Galaxy Quest. Yes. Yes. Like when they finally get on the ship and they're like, I, I don't have a job. I just talk to the fucking computer. I just ask the computer for things, you know? Uh, and what's funny is at first, like, it's the kind of show where, like, the first episode is not, like, laugh out loud funny. You're not going to get through it and be like, oh, okay, this was, yeah, like, amazing. Yeah. No, it builds. But about three episodes in, you're like, okay, like, this is really, like, awkward and, like, weirdly dark. <laughs> At the yeah, same time, yeah. you know, um, and then you start coming across people that it, on the show that suddenly you're like, I really like that character. That character makes me laugh every time that character shows up on screen, you know? Yes. So like the couple, the married couple uh, that are having uh, 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 relationship problems, but they're stuck on this ship now for years on end and they constantly fight. <laughs> so funny. Now, somebody ended up on the ship. Because they got their sister's tickets or something. So somebody got on the cruise. Yeah, yeah. Is that the Karen that, that got that? Yeah, that's that's okay. the Karen and her husband. And yes. and they end up uh they, they end up trying to like eject them out of the ship at one point. Right. And then what was the uh I love the idiot girl on the bridge. Um oh, she's yeah. uh what's her name? She was very Rebel Wilson esque. Sarah. She was Sarah playing a character named Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> they never knew. Like, I, now, am I talking to Sarah, the character, or Sarah? <laughs> like, I, I don't know like, what you mean. <laughs> well, if you if you see me acting, I would say that I'm not doing my job. Yeah, <laughs> like, so many like, tropes. Dude. Whole episode where they uh, uh, they think that they don't have enough air to survive. So the stand up comedy comedian still doing his stand up, but he's not doing the full setup for the joke. He's just like explaining the concept of the joke. <laughs> well, like, you don't want anybody to laugh because uh, it'll use air. You know, <laughs> just like the whole thing is fucking ridiculous. Um, and yes. it's funny because some people like don't like the Josh Gad character, uh, uh, Herman Judd. And I oh, think his stupidity is like, yeah, I think his stupidity is perfect. It's like pitch perfect the whole time. Yes. So. Yeah. So. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, man, you got to jump on the Avenue five. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Um, 
Okay, Chris, you got something you you want to you got a movie you want to be in defense of. So let me hear it. Well, yeah, man. After after we talked about signs and uh, how impressed you were with signs on on the uh, rewatch, I went back and I found a movie that I I kind of liked the first time, but it sort of didn't stick for me. Um, but when I I rewatched it a couple of times over the years, I liked it more and more and more. Um, and it's a movie that did okay financially in the theaters but um it uh it wasn't like a blockbuster like it wasn't a failure but it wasn't a super blockbuster and we didn't get like sequels and all that uh so it's the movie push with chris evans and dakota fanning Um, oh and it was released in 2009 yeah yeah I, i i mean i saw this i i don't remember it being very good um i i think it's it's a very misunderstood film Okay. Um, I think uh, it, it definitely um, was kind of uh, sold as a superhero type film, and that's not at all what it is. Although it does kind of, um, you know, fall into that world, I think it's it was a movie that was way, way, way ahead of its fucking time. Um, now, if you think about it just in, in context, it's released in 2009. Okay, so Iron Man came out in late 2000. Um, Eight, I believe. Right. So right. it's it's very possible that these two films were in production at about the same time. So it's okay. not like it was cashing in on the superhero thing. I mean, really, what did we have as far as superhero movies go? I mean, we uh, had Spider Man. You had Four. Fantastic Four. I mean, there's there were superhero movies out there. But but Iron Man wasn't out yet when this movie started production. So right. we didn't have any of the Marvel stuff. We didn't. We had like the Batman films with Michael Keaton and you know, George Clooney and those guys. Yeah, but you'd but already had really Batman. Wasn't any. You'd already had Batman Begins at that point, and I think you had already had the Dark no. Knight by two thousand nine. Yeah, no, dude. no, absolutely. Batman Begins came out in two thousand five. Dark Knight. Check the dates on that. I'm not Dark, sure that's Dark Knight. Right. Dark Knight came like out in two thousand and eight. The the Dark Knight did. Yeah, the Ledger movie was 2008. All right, so, I mean, you sort of have a little bit of a gritty thing, but they were still towing the DC line. They weren't really, you know, breaking out of the mold yet. Um, I think once you had Dark Knight, then then the game was changed. Um, But I think, again, this movie was way, way, way ahead of its time in the sense that it was tapping into people that were powered, but without being campy and and superhero-y. There was a, a gritty reality to this film. Okay, uh, they were real people, and you know they they had real people issues. Like they abused their gifts for their own personal gain. They weren't superheroes. They're just people. Um, like the the main character Nick, who is uh, Chris Evans' character. Um, he he's uh, a pusher, and what that means, he's got like telekinesis. Right. So he's right. able to move shit with his mind, and you know. Um, so in the beginning of the movie, you see him uh, playing dice and trying to cheat at dice because he's able to move the dice. And of course, it doesn't go right because he's not very good at his shit yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got a whole set of different abilities. Um, as you go through the movie, you start to see different people with different skills. Now, what I like about that is that it's not like, um, you know, you go into the Avengers and everybody's got a completely different skill. Um, you know, for one reason or another, they've developed different abilities. Right. Within this world, you've got maybe seven or eight abilities 
that different people have have developed and it's kind of like a genetic variation um it's it's not this open-ended thing there's only a handful of abilities so you've got like I mean, I think my issue with this was is like as I watched it, it felt like uh, it was budget X-Men. Like it was like, okay, Okay. like what if we take the X-Men? But what if we instead of like having just, you know, like all these different mutants, like what if we had multiple Jean Greys and like multiple, you know, Wolverines and like in I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I think that's why this movie didn't stick with me. But that's why it works for me. Here's why I'm saying that. Um, You've got all these different people with the same abilities. Now you create competition within those people. Like with Dakota Fanning, she's got her, um, you know, her nemesis, which is a girl from uh, a rival group that has the same ability and they're fighting over who's able to predict the future. You've got two or three different pushers and they fight back and forth. Um, I I think it opens up um, a much more interesting way of fighting because they're each using their abilities to try and fight uh, the same kind of person with abilities. Sure, um, sure. In, in a way, it creates that competition, and it becomes like a chess game. And that's what's really cool about this movie for me. And I, I love that you brought up X-Men, because it's exactly what it is. It's X-Men, if you strip away all the goofiness, and you try and drop it into a very realistic setting without 8 billion different types of powers. Um, and, and the nice thing is that each person has a role to play in this. And each gift has its drawbacks. Um, I, I like that. And I like that, that the, the genetic you know, mutation or whatever gets passed from generation to generation. Sure. So you've got characters sure. who have you know, parents who had the same gift. Um, and that's, that plays into this as well. I mean, it's, there's so many cool nuanced things about it. Um, now the other thing that's cool about this movie, it's a heist movie. Um, like the second half of the movie, it becomes a heist. Them trying to steal the, um, the shot that has the, the medicine that right, you know, right. super powers them up, powers them up. Um, so yeah, I, I think, um, it's, it's very much a clever, um, superhero treatment in a more realistic way. And uh, by limiting the number of powers, they um, they make the the struggle much more interesting to me. Um, that's the thing that always kind of bugged me about all the superhero movies, is especially things like Superman or the Hulk. It's like, when does this fucking end? Like, we become so superpowered. Captain Marvel, perfect example. You become so superpowered that there's no chance of being defeated. Um, whereas this is the complete opposite of that. Um, it's just an enhancement. Um, so anyway, for me, it's a cooler, uh, realistic look at X-Men. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, now, here's why I think this movie is really underrated. It's unlike the other comic book movies that had come out at that time. And that had come out years and years after. We really don't have anything like it until we get to something like Logan. You know, even the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. I mean, those were dark movies, but they weren't really realistic movies. This right. one has is super grounded in realism, and it directly leads us to movies like Logan. Okay, it's visually gritty. It's it's um, you know, it's not a, a stylized world. It's like this is this is like shitty, you know, China. 
in the streets, um, just way, way, way ahead of its time. You know, well, it, well, if what I, I were to compare it, I say what I sorry, love go about ahead. it. No, no, no. I was gonna say what I love about it is it's like the cast is like basically Marvel. It's a Marvel movie in the cast. So if you if you're a fan <laughs> of the MCU, like you're gonna be like, oh yes. look, it's Captain America, and then you're gonna be like, oh look, it's uh, Digimon Honsu, and then oh look, it's Ming Na yeah. Wen, and oh look, it's yes. uh, you know uh, 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 what's the dude from Ant Man? It's the dude from Ant Man, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so you're uh, what's his face? <laughs> Corey Stoll. Yeah. So you're like all these guy, all these people that um, um, you've seen in a Marvel property, but here they are in another comic book movie. This is great. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Before the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Right. Again, I, this movie is so far ahead of its time. Um, and I think if there's there's a shame here, it's that they didn't get to explore it further, because they set it up for a sequel. You know, you, they're going to rescue Dakota Fanning's mom, who is the greatest you know soothsayer or you know predicts the future that anybody's ever seen. Um, there's there's so much story that could have been told there, uh, and it's a real shame that we didn't get another installment. Um, so yeah, man, I I think this is a movie that's hugely underrated and uh people need to go back and check it out again it's such a good film um and way right. ahead of its time all right well uh, we'll see i'll give you an in defense of on that one because i didn't love it the first time it's the i saw faith it no more of superhero movies <laughs> the faith no more of superhero movies all right yeah, man, I there would be no rock rap without faith no more so well i wouldn't go that far i would say uh, i mean if you're going to get into that <laughs> camp you got to look at blade and stuff like that of the modern superhero uh, movie, but I don't know that push is is it. But I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some love on it. Um, all right, uh, before we finish, go up, check got, it out. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you made a good defense of it. Um, but you got any uh, uh, dumb shit your kids have done? Apocalypse edition. Man, I, I no. At this point, just keeping them in the goddamn house is is the hardest part. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up right there. I uh, uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um, once again, um, I am uh, Chris Evans pushing shit with his mind. Oh, I was so going to say that. I'm Dakota Fanning doing <laughs> shitty drawings. <laughs> All right, guys. And we hope you're having a nerd life crisis. Music for the Nerd Life Crisis podcast is provided by Big Papa and the TCB. All music available at bptcb.com or at iTunes. The Nerd Life Crisis is recorded at the Inland Blue Studios. Make sure to subscribe to the Nerd Life Crisis at iTunes and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Nerd Life Crisis. This episode of the Nerd Life Crisis brought to you by IB Comics. IB Comics, the home of great creator-driven stories for people of all ages, including Legba's Juke Joint. The first book of a nine-book series is available now and tells the story of American music from the blues to the present. The series examines the values of American society and for what we as people are willing to trade our soul. The book has been called Smart and Clever by Mark Wade of The Flash and Superman and Raw, Honest, and Profoundly Human by Stephen Frank, the creator of Silver and the animator on The Iron Giant. 
The book is available now at www.ibcomics.com. Ivy Comics, the home of great stories.